You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind, fingers crossed. Before we dive into the show today, let's give a big thank you to J-Hill Marketing and Creative Services, who has now rolled out a book editing division called Bookmark. It enables you to get your book published without paying publishers prices. To find out more, please go to jhillmark, that's two L's, dot com. My guest today is a beast. He is a man who continually challenges himself physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, intellectually, all the Lees. <laughs> I met Nate about a year and a half ago through people in our circle. Our circle is full of self-possessed demon entrepreneurs. Nate is a coach who can help you in your business so that you can sustain it in the long run, which I think is a really cool distinction among other coaches. His life and business are built for endurance. He is an athlete and an innovator, as well as a lead trainer and coach of the prosperity revolution. He is a natural leader and speaker. Not to mention, he is also an author, finishing up his second book any day now, Please welcome my incredibly diverse friend, Nate Bailey. Wow. Thank you. Uh, honored to be here. And yeah, I'm a beast. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a beast. You're beast mode. <laughs> I, can, I can accept that. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Have you been called worse? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Much worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. I, we're so overdue. You know, yeah, we, I know. We, we were trying to do this like a year ago. Yeah. 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 I think the first time I, I uh, porched you, which is an old term uh, uh, from my insurance days where you, we have an appointment at someone's house and you knock on the door and, and they don't answer, they leave you on the porch. Oh. And sometimes you can even see him moving in the house, but <laughs> <laughs> you can. Uh, but yeah, sorry about that. That was oh. um, my bad. <laughs> That's uh, no, it's my bad too. But that is so funny. You can actually see them moving in the house. Yeah, That's every now crazy. and then you run into that. Be like, come on, man! I I can see you right there. Like, come answer the door. <laughs> Be a man. Let's go. <laughs> Be a man. Let's go. Let's do this. You know, one time when I was in high school, I was mad at. A friend of mine and I ordered her a pizza as like a punk thing. Yeah. But I gave them my address because I forgot. And so I had to hide in my house. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what you get. It is what you get. That was immediate karma coming back right there for yep. you. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. So you already introduced the fact that you used to work in insurance. I know you, so I feel like this is totally weird. And uh, let's talk about that other life. How long did you do that? Um, and what was that like for you? Yeah, well, it's been almost, it's been just, just barely over a year since I sold my insurance agency, my brokerage. Um, and I was, I uh, started in 2004. So I guess a time span of like, 
14 years, but I, but I also got deployed to Kuwait in between there for about 15 months. So for about oh, 15 wow. months, I played army, um, outside of that. So, wow, that's amazing. And thank you so much for your sacrifice. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I just can't see like your days are the polar opposite now of what you used to do. Like, let's do a compare yeah. and contrast exercise, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I love these. Okay. So Nate Bailey, the insurance agent, like, I, I feel like it's uh, like your superhero, Nate Bailey, yeah. insurance agent. Like, <laughs> by day. Yeah, by day, by exactly. By night. <laughs> I would totally read that comic. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so let's do a compare and contrast. Your days are so different from the moment you get up in the morning, even. So Nate Bailey, insurance agent, what does that morning look like versus Nate Bailey, beast mode today? Yeah. Um, insurance mode was me probably not necessarily hating my life, but like not really looking forward to my day. You know, I didn't enjoy insurance. I enjoyed the business and, you know, being an entrepreneur and, and running your own show and, and, uh, and, and having control over, you know, how much I make to, to a certain extent, mm -hmm. as well as, uh, you know, the, I guess the flexibility, but I, and I enjoyed working with the people, right? I, I enjoy working with people and that's why I love what I do now as well. But, um, but I just, you know, I never, I, I'm definitely not passionate about insurance. There were a lot of things that I didn't like about it, you know, just cust customers or clients always, you know, not always 100% happier or most of them that you'd hear from were, you know, they didn't, they didn't open their mail. So they didn't see the bill. So they didn't pay it, but yet it was your fault. Right. <laughs> and, oh, uh, yeah. Or something to that, or, you know, there's a claim and it, it doesn't get, you know, some of that's out of your control when, when you're in insurance and you're dealing with all these other companies. And uh, most of the time the, the client, you know, thinks they should get paid more than they really probably should when it comes time for a claim. And so it's just, it's stressful. It, you're always kind of thinking about it. And what I do now as a coach is just, you know, I love what I do. And are there, are there stressful times? Yes, absolutely. Um, but for the most part, yeah, today, for instance, you know, I wake up and help my kids and my family get out the door and get on their way and you know, work out. And obviously we have calls that we do. And sometimes I'll have sales calls um, as we're filling events and things like that. Or I have a podcast like this to continue to get our message out or um, to continue to push my message out and um, travel. Um, the travel is great. You know, sometimes it's a tough again with the family to be away. You know, if, if, if there are months where it's, you know, like this last month and a half has, has been a fair amount of travel back to back to back, which can get a little bit old, but at the same time, it, it's, it's exciting. It's fun. And, uh, it's fun to be on the path that we're on and, and growing and, and impacting people's lives. Right. You know, I didn't, I didn't have that oh, yeah. sense of purpose as an insurance agent that I do now as a coach. What is one thing that the average person does not know about insurance that is a secret in the industry? <laughs> 
boy, I don't know. That's a good question. There's not a lot of, um, I don't know. There's, yeah, I can't think of too many secrets that, that are unknown. There's, there's probably misconceptions about different coverages and each company is a little bit different. Right. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a great, what insurance did for me is there's a high turnover rate, right? Like I've, I've heard, I don't know if it's like 12 to 14% of insurance agents fail or uh, survive or, or make it right past a certain amount of years. Really? And uh, so it's like, you know, it's, it's a tough business and it, it'll grind you up if you're, if you're not prepared or if you're not ready for it. And so obviously there's a lot there being able to make it in the business starting from scratch. You know, there's, there's certain, you know, like a state farm, they're not, they're going to hire you to a book of business, which means they're going to give you uh, they're going to give you an established agency full of clients. And uh, because of that, they're, they're pretty particular in who they, they hire for that position. But I started from scratch, which means I didn't have any clients when I started. And so I had to go and find those clients on my own. And, um, and you, you take a lot of lumps on the head in that process. You do a lot of things that most people wouldn't want to do. You know, I've called people out of the phone book. I've knocked on doors. Like, and you just, you, uh, you build this, maybe that's where this, uh, mindset of mine yeah. started to form a little bit to callous up or to, to harden, um, because you have to have a certain mentality to be able to, to handle that and then to keep going and to keep pushing and to keep growing and to keep moving. Well, and I love that and that you're callousing your mindset. I think that's so important. And a lot of people, who are working for themselves or even finding themselves in a position where they all of a sudden they have to work for themselves in the case of our community, you know, it's so hard to even know where to start in terms of the sales in terms of finding, um, you know, clients and prospects. And so hearing you say that there's a callous of the mindset and it's almost like a non-emotional approach to it. That's what I'm hearing you say. Like, yeah, absolutely. Here's a goal. We're set out to meet it. And I'm not letting these emotional components into my life. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I mean, and I think that's exactly what, what we teach our, our clients, right? The, the biggest thing that gets in the way are these thoughts that you have, these stories and your actions align with what you believe to be true. And, and uh, so before I really knew anything about that, I think I was kind of operating that way you you really do have to and it's just not natural and and uh for yeah. anyone right and so i don't know where it came from other than just knowing like hey this is what i'm doing this is how i'm going to help support uh my family and this is what's required and like you said you know you mentioned not really knowing what to do or how to start a business or how to go get clients yeah. And there isn't really that playbook out there for anyone. And so you really do just kind of have to figure it out on your own trial and error. Yeah, you can surround yourself with others that have been been there and done that before. Uh, but at the same time, you just got to go out and kind of figure it out along the way. 
Well, and there should be some sort of like extreme training or something where, you know, where it would be extreme sales training would almost look like some sort of event, like you're all queued up at the at the start line, right? And you've got to go knock on, I don't know, five doors, and then you got to yeah. call 20 people and have them scream in your face, and then you got to, <laughs> you know, and then like you got to go to the next obstacle. That's and awesome. You, yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah, totally watched that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, you do have to prepare yourself, what, whatever that looks like, and you almost have to, you almost have to throw yourself to the wolves in a way and say, okay, my, and my entire intent behind this is surviving. I'm going to see how tough I am. And maybe that's the first, I don't know, instinct or initiative that's taken is just to toughen up first before you go out there. I don't know. It's just, it's food for thought. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not for the, the weak and the timid, that's for sure. And that's, you know, I mean, I think sales in general, but insurance is definitely up there as far as like the turnover rate is, is high and the success rate is very low. And, um, and, but, you know, you could say that about a lot of businesses, right? You know, they say so many businesses after a year or two years fail, right? You always hear that, that well, number. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's for a reason because it's not easy. Uh, you know, the thought of it sounds great and cool and, and, uh, but when you get in it and you have to actually then go, you know, cr- create this business, grow it, find the clients, um, you re- you learn real quick that the fantasy sounds way better than the reality. Yeah. And I love that you have a focus on longevity because, well, first of all, you have the chops to help people get through it because you were in business for yourself for so long. And you can you can help people, not from the standpoint of, uh, what's the first thing I need to do in my business? Okay, we'll <laughs> go to this and do this webinar. Like There are very non-glamorous tasks, roles and responsibilities in running your own business that must be done on a regular basis to stay in business. And I think you're uber qualified to help people with that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, if I think about it that way, right, it was really just preparing me for what I do today. Um, You know, even had a call here with one of our clients or a group of our clients this last week. And he's at a point in his business where he has to go out and generate some business and and quickly he needs cash and he's got Mm -hmm. employees and, uh, but, and, and he needs to, he, he doesn't have lead flow coming in. So he, he recognizes that he needs to go out and do some, have some kind of a cold calling strategy. Um, but his comment was like, I just don't know what to do. And I was like, okay, well, let's hop on a call after this and, and I can help you out. And he's like, uh, you can help me with that. Like you've done that before. And I'm, and I can look at him with a straight face and honestly <laughs> look back to all the days of me literally like opening up the phone book and going from A to Z, you're going out and knocking on doors and creating uh, relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've done a lot of it and uh, yeah. really willing to do what's required because it's not sexy and it ain't fun. That's for sure. But, uh, but it is required. Um, I can it help is you. not sexy. Yeah. It is like it, it's like being the it's like being the guy or girl against the wall at the dance, you know, yeah. pushing your glasses up with the tape <laughs> on your nose. Like, bitch, you got to get out there, man, dude. That was me. <laughs> that was me too. I was always like, at least I'm at the dance. Yeah, I'm right. almost there. 
<laughs> but I love that you talked about it in terms of creating relationships because that seems to be a missing component when people are looking at sales. They're talking about, well, I have this product or I have this package. This is what it does. And uh, they really kind of lose focus too in terms of like, I'm the greatest, you know, and, and move away from building that relationship that means anything with a client. So I love that that's where you start. Yeah, that's tough too because... You know, especially when you are new, you really, you need it, right? You need, you need it now. And so there's this neediness, but we all know that like neediness, it's, it's, uh, it pushes a lot of people away when, when, when a client or a prospect can tell that you really need the sale. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's just like, uh, it, it's a deal breaker, like they're going to go to somebody that doesn't need it, that has the experience, that that has the clients. It's, it's, it's almost like a sign of weakness. So we even, we, you know, in, our, in in the sales training that we do with our clients, it's, we talk about eradicating neediness, which is it's tough to do, especially when you do need it when you're new. But mm-hmm. the sooner you can eradicate it to the point where, like, hey, yeah, I, I need it, but at the same time, I'm not going to like sell my soul to to get it. And, uh, you know, and then to remind yourself of why you're really doing what you're doing, whatever that is, providing the service, helping people with something that uh, a value that you have that they don't currently have. And, uh, and, and to build relationships, it takes time. And so my point, I think, was, is in the beginning, you feel like you don't have time. So the thought of having to go build relationships that aren't going to necessarily pay off right now, it's, it's a tough concept to buy into, um, but you have to because it's really if you're in it for the long haul for the long play it will pay off you know eventually yeah absolutely and it's so hard to move yourself out of that scarcity mindset when that's when you're focused on you're focused on well you know what i need to pay my bills or i wish i could just make a little bit more so that uh things wouldn't be so tight yeah. and how do you come out of that scarcity mindset? How do you leave that behind when it's almost like people are saying, well, find the abundance mindset, find the abundance <laughs> mindset. And they're like, well, I'd love to believe in it, but where the hell is it? You know, <laughs> yeah. what, what do you say to people to move them into that mindset? Well, yeah, I think that's really where that is definitely where having a coach or a mentor comes into play and is really important because they can help to talk you through that process of, Hey, I I get it that you're new and you need money now and and you have to feed your family, feed yourself. Uh, But at the same time, like that's just pushing people away. Um, When you, when you're just desperate and needy and um, you know, yeah, it is a mindset. And I guess the conversation that we have is, is uh, we have a process on, because really, again, I, I talked about it earlier. It's, 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 those are just thoughts that you have that you're believing to be true that like, um, and they're self-limiting beliefs. Yeah, self-limiting beliefs. And so it's challenging those. We have a process that, that we go through to help you. It's a tool, if you will, to help, mm-hmm. um, process through those thoughts and then to really kind of take a step back and really see it from a different perspective. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all about really, 
shifting or changing that mindset because in all situations you, you there's always a choice you could you can look at it one way or you can look at it another and and uh it's always natural for us to kind of go to that worst case scenario right which is we do that yeah. we it's, it's so crazy but we always do that we and and we don't level down we don't say okay worst case scenario you know uh we're not going to be able to go out on our date night this week we go worst case scenario I'm in a refrigerator box on the street. Yeah, like exactly. we, you know, yeah. and and we have to something that really helped me when I first was opening my business is I had a friend come over. And I, when you're working for someone else, you have a different time frame. And you depend on, okay, in two weeks I'll be okay because. And so when you work for yourself, you start with that same kind of mindset. I have to make it for two weeks instead of, you have to shorten that up. What does it look like today? Can you get through today? Great. You had a successful day. Back at it tomorrow. Yes, you need to get things paid, but also take a look at that time and that opportunity. You have a lot of opportunity to work, 100% work on your business and make a difference. So when she said the, the anchoring phrase question was, do you have everything that you need today? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's um, that's really important, you know, just to mm-hmm. be present. To, you know, you can only – there really is only today. There really is only right now, right? Yeah. Um, and there's no guarantee that there will be a tomorrow. And sometimes we'll drag our past into the present and that, that holds us back. Or, or you get out into the future, like you're saying, and you, you think about – how much work has to be done. And so that starts to beat you down or you, you think about what, you know, what you have on the book so far and what you're going to get paid a few weeks from now. But if you just focus on what you can control, which is right now, right here today, you know, it's the same, same thing that I, I'll remind myself when I'm out running a hundred miles or I'm here getting ready to run 200 in uh, about two and a half weeks and, because you're insane, yeah, right? Yeah, because uh-huh. I'm insane <laughs> and uh, have nothing better to do, evidently. But um, oh my god! But yeah, well, you we'll got to stay present in those moments, every mile, every step. Let's talk about your training. I can't even begin to imagine what that looks like. Remember when you told me I'm going to run 100 miles? Do you remember <laughs> what I said to you? No, I don't. Um, no. I need you to text me a picture of your shoes oh, that's right. when you're done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you did the hundred miler, but now you're going for two. You're doubling it. What does that even look like? And where are you running to for? And what are you running from? What fear <laughs> can't you face? No. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So well, I ran a hundred miles, but on the third attempt, right? I. I didn't, yeah. uh, I didn't succeed the first two attempts and, and then I finished that and it's kind of like what's next now. I, I don't, I don't think that this means, you know, if let's say I, I run 200 miles that I have to go and run 400 next time. Oh my um, God. Cause you're, cause you'd have to be put away yeah, in a psychiatric yeah, right. facility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time they're probably going to come put the jacket on and, and take me away for a little bit. But, um, <laughs> Yeah. So, but I don't know. A lot of it is, is wanting to see, you know, what I, what I am capable of. Um, You talk about this mindset, 
training for something like this and running and putting my body through this, there's just so much carryover for me into all the other areas. And so I see a massive benefit there. As a coach, you know, I, I love to lead by example and show that what I'm asking someone to do, um, I've done times a hundred. Like I'm never going to ask someone to do something that I haven't done. Uh, I'm never going to ask someone to live a certain way if I'm not living that. And so that yeah. that's really a lot of what this is all about. And I've, I've always been kind of drawn to pushing myself physically and, and, you know, I've done some other events like seal fit Kokoro is a 52 hour event and, and some other events similar to that. And I've done an Ironman and, and so, yeah, I'm just, uh, the body is, uh, the body can do way more than we think we, it can. And so it's kind of like just testing that to see what I'm truly capable of. You like to test your limits yeah. periodically too to see. And, and that's important, isn't it? Instead of getting complacent and saying, well, I know I can do this to continually test and push the boundaries. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. You don't have to go run a hundred miles or 200 miles to do that. But, um, so I don't ever, you know, whatever it is for you, for some, it's just, it's a half marathon like that. That's, I remember when that was that the thought of running a half a marathon was like, whoa, yeah. there's no way I can do that. But so, you know, through this experience of me running 100 or uh, attempting to run 200 here shortly, it's like a half a marathon is is like an average run for me. Like, that's just normal. <laughs> so normal. In context, right, when you run on 100, it's, it's really not that much. Oh, yes. Yeah. Same. Man, I totally relate to I that I can remember right when now. two <laughs> miles was a lot. Like, oh, I got to run two miles or I could barely – or I couldn't even really run two miles without stopping. Like, you know, so it's just, it's incredible to see the journey and to look back um, that way too. So you have made huge transformations in your life because when you started out and you started thinking about running, you were not in shape to run, correct? Yeah, correct. Right. Yeah. yeah I literally started with two miles. There's a, there's a, there's kind of a two mile block, I guess you'd say where I live. And, uh, so I started just running that route and I actually just drove by it last night. And I was like, I was, I, and it made me think, and I was like, you know, it would take me 22 to 23 minutes for two miles, which isn't super fast by any means. And, uh, and I remember getting done with those and sometimes I would walk part of it. Sometimes I wouldn't. And it just was like, it was a lot. Well, now, I mean, that is, that's nothing for me now. And so <laughs> it's like 15 seconds. Yeah, so just to reflect on that and think back, it's like, yeah, it's quite the journey. That's amazing. And so what is the heart for us lay people out <laughs> here who have no idea what even goes into that type of training or that type of experience? What was the hardest part of that 100 miler? Yeah, well, Three, three attempts, right? So you learn a lot along the way. And sometimes I'll get the question of how much do you train? Um, how do you train for it? And a lot of times my answer is kind of like, well, I don't know. You, I just kind of figure it out because I had never, before I attempted it the first time, I had never done it, right? And, uh, and so, yeah, the hardest part is your body's going to hurt no matter what 
right? And typically your body hurts more at the end than it does in the beginning. And so I remember, Mm. I remember when I finished or yeah, in the hundred mile race that I finished in October out in Utah, the Pony Express 100, um, you, you, you're kind of always looking forward to the next benchmark, which whether that's like, all right, I'm at 50 miles and then it, I would kind of break it into chunks of 10 and you're like, all right, I'm at 60 and I'm at 70. And it kind of always had in the back of my mind, once you hit 70 or 75, you're, you're, you're almost done. And, and what I found out is really, you just, you're just starting. <laughs> you're, yeah. You are just beginning <laughs> because you still have 25 miles to go, which is a marathon basically. And, yeah. um, you have 75 miles of wear and tear on your body. And so like, Ankle swollen up the size of a softball, knees are hurting, um, tired, fatigued, and wow. it, and my feet are completely blistered, and it's just every step is is excruciating, and just to push through that to keep moving forward, and uh, just keep going when all you want to do is stop and and go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, and there's so many parallels yeah. between what you're saying. And in running your own business, there are so many parallels. Yeah, 100%. Like you think you've, right? You think you've gotten to that level, like, all right, I'm almost there. And then it's like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's still so much more to go. Holy cow. <laughs> yep. And then it all like falls out from underneath of you, like out of nowhere almost. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just starting this thing. I'm just starting this thing. And those those are the invaluable lessons though. Seriously. These the I call it failure. It's like a self-deemed um, you know, declaration because we declare when we fail, right? Yeah. Um, otherwise we can keep going unless there's something out of our control or whatever. But I think those quote unquote failures are some of the most valuable information that we can ever have. And I don't know what it is in the human psyche where we're so against failing or it's such an embarrassment to ourselves or whatever. But how, how do you view that? I think you're right. Fa- failures kind of had a bad rap, right? It's been, mm-hmm. it's, it's been looked at from a very early age for us as the sign that that you didn't make it, that you didn't do it, and and uh, I think it's it in this process of of running these ultra marathons, these ultra distances. I think I've really realized, and and I talk a lot about it in the book that you mentioned uh, coming up here, um, mm-hmm. where I did fail the first two times, but yet just because you fail, just. Because, I failed because I didn't run a hundred miles and that's what I was setting out to do. So the first time I made it 64 miles and then 75.6 on the second attempt. Uh, but I could still look back and be like, wow. all right, I, I ran 64 miles. I had never ran. <laughs> I ran a 50 K in training before that, which is 31 miles. And that's the furthest I'd ever ran. And so I wow. more than doubled that. Right. So I can look back and be like, man, yeah, I didn't run a hundred miles, but, but I did go 64 and there's a lot of people that will never run or cover 64 miles in in one sitting right and so you could definitely look at those failures those quote-unquote failures and still um 
look at what you've accomplished inside of that, right? And and then and then learn from it. I think you don't truly fail unless you quit totally. And um, and so that's why I, I signed up for the second race. And I was like, hey, I said I was going to run 100 miles. I'm going to go and I'm going to do this. And then and then I made it 75.6. My body kind of gave out. And another failure, right? But hey, I ran 75.6. And at that point in time, my mind's like, all right, why are you really doing this? Because this is dumb. You, <laughs> you've done enough. Like you don't need to do this. And, uh, and so luckily I didn't listen to that voice for too long because the next day I, I decided that I was going to, you know, I was going to finish what I started because for too long in life, there were, there were t- many times where I would just quit and not finish. And I think too many people do that or allow themselves to do that, or they allow themselves to pat themselves on the back because they, they did run 75, but, but it wasn't a hundred. It wasn't what they said they would, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that is for them. And, um, you know, you got to look yourself in the mirror, um, if that's the choice that you make. And, and I'm not saying it's good or bad or right or wrong. Uh, but for me it was, you know, I wasn't okay with that any longer. And so that's why, you know, I did finish and it took me three attempts, but I made it. And now I'm going for 200 and I've learned a lot along the way and continue to grow and get better and, you know, trains harder, train smarter um, and see if I have what it takes to run 200. And again, all of this, you know, it helps me become a better person. You know, and mindset and self-love is so incredibly important when you are trying to reach these goals, whether any type of, you know, ambitious goal, when you're trying to reach these goals, it it's really important not to say, well, ugh, look at that, you failed again. Well, you, you can't do anything then. You might as well give it up or whatever. And do people talk about that enough in terms of that is almost the most important work that needs to be done when you're running your own business is the mindset work. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's just so much that we, you don't know that you don't know. Right. And that's where a great coach or mentor again can come in and and help give you that new perspective. And and it is all mindset. You know, when it really comes down to it, like if I really wanted to boil it down to the simplest form, like you say you're going to do something and then you go do it. Like do what you said you would. Like that's that's it's it is that easy, but I but it's not easy, right? If it was that easy, people it would just it would uh people everybody would do it. Everyone would run 100 miles or everyone would be successful in their business and it and what stops them is the mindset. That's that's yeah. exactly what it is. It's it's all these thoughts, these fears, this overwhelm that comes in, and and uh, and they allow it to to control them to to you know determine what it is that they do to quit, to throw in the towel, to not do what they know they should do. That's the thing. It's like, well, what should I do? I don't know what to do. I'm like, you really don't know what to do. Like, do you really not mm-hmm. know what to do? Because they know what to do. They just don't want to do it. So they're going to hide behind the it. fact that, uh, well, I don't know what to do. Uh, you know what to do. You, 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 have, you have to go walk into businesses and knock on the door and, and tell people what you're doing and uh, get punched in the face 
and you know, told no and, and all that other stuff, right? Literally. Yeah, literally. You will get punched in the But you know, it's interesting because that's procrastination that you're addressing too. And I had Adam Lyons on the show um, a while back and he talked about procrastination being it's tied into the fact that we don't believe we deserve something. Yeah. So we it, it goes very, very deep into the mind. And so it, procrastination is just like, and I love my son, Josh. And if he's listening right now, <laughs> dude, I love you so much. But you know, growing up, like you procrastinated <laughs> with everything. You'd be... <laughs> Yeah. All, he'd be like, all of a sudden, I have to go organize my sock drawer yep. versus mow the lawn or whatever. I'm like, wow, this is a really yeah. unusual timing. Yeah, well, <laughs> we call that surface confusion. It's um, mm-hmm. it's organizing your desk, creating the logo, getting business cards made, sharpening the pencils. It's activity that makes you busy, but it's yeah. not doing anything that you know you you should be to actually make money. Yeah, the fear is driving you to do everything but what you need to do. And then tied into that is, well, what if it works? Yeah. What, then this, this changes up my whole value system about myself. Does this mean that I have to do things a different way going forward? Does this mean that I've been lying to myself this whole time and that I now have nobody to blame but myself? Am I ready to <laughs> yeah. face that? That's a big thing. Am I ready yeah. to face that? You know, there's a lot yeah. of underlying uh, things there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there really and is, and and it that, is all mental. That's it is. It's it's um, you know, and for somebody who's two steps away from the booby hatch, like this is a good <laughs> thing for you. No, <laughs> I tease you because I love What's you. What's the booby hatch? It's like the nut house. Oh, okay, it's like oh yeah. Have you <laughs> no, not heard I've never of the heard of the booby hatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh I was thinking God, of something else. Amazing. Yeah, I was thinking of. Oh, you were, yeah, no. Correct. <laughs> yeah, like what? Where's this place? It sounds fun. <laughs> oh yeah, it's right next to uh, Hooters. Yeah. It's the booby hatch. <laughs> oh, it's our new restaurant. We're gonna open together, isn't it? <laughs> I think we're onto something. The booby hatch. I think we are. We are. We are. It's just fun to say, right? Oh, um, I'm so glad that you came on the show today and thank you thank you so much for being here and blowing our yeah, minds thank I you. appreciate that I really appreciate absolutely. it absolutely the endurance mindset in business and life there is no reason to believe you can't have the life that other people are living the life that you have wanted for yourself for the longest time And if you are facing disruption in your life from needing to move into working for yourself because of your chronic illness or disability, there are ways to get through this transition profitably, if you can believe it, as Nate has done. He will help you. He is an excellent role model for those of us who don't fit into the average Joe lifestyle because that's just what his DNA is. To contact Nate and start working with him, please visit natebaileyspeaks.com. And as always, we will have all of his information on the sickbiz.com website.
If you liked what you heard, if you loved what you heard, please listen, share, and leave a review for Sick Biz Buzz. You can also install our handy-dandy little app. It's literally a handy app in your hand. See what I did there? Right on your phone by texting SICKBIZ to 36260. That's it for today's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next week, be well.